0: Check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. You're listening to The Frankie Files, Files frankiefilespodcast.com. I'll be launching the use of a new hashtag, Occupy Cults. Occupy Cults certainly speaks for itself. It's time that we get the word out about the damage these cults do financially, emotionally, psychologically, sexually, generationally. And that's part of what prompted me to begin speaking out. The hashtag OccupyCults should be placed on anything you want the awareness raised on. The hashtag OccupyCults. Wear it on a t-shirt. Chalk it on the neighborhood. Get the word out. OccupyCults means just that. Pay attention to what's going on. Those survivors who are trying to speak out need your support. So thanks for listening and uh, check out OccupyCults, the hashtag. Follow me on Reddit at Frankie and on Twitter at Frankie For supplemental discussion. Hey everybody, right now I'm studying the New Age religions. It has really opened my eyes to the depth of madness that New Age religion is. I survived a cult for 12 years. I went as a kid from age 8 to 22 and this is what prompted me to start doing the podcast doing my column on Substack called uh, com, which is more cults in the news. The podcast covers recovery news and a variety of cults using testimonials from survivors and experts in interviews. But I also do researched essays from the point of view of a cult kid. And so... So studying New Age religion recently has blown my mind. Is this hodgepodge of psychology, psychedelic drugs, insecurity, oh, and spaceships. Any of you have followed Love Has Won, I thought I would start with that. Amy Carter lived in Texas and was the manager of a McDonald's. Started attending some online forums about New Age religion. New Age religion, healing, light work, uh, raising vibrations, all of this stuff. So she starts studying online and was going into these interactive chats. And a guy with some alias told her she was special and she was the reincarnation of Christ. Now, here's where the cult math comes in. How can everybody be the reincarnation of Christ? Anyway, she believed it. She believed she was so special. And she then left her job and left her three, I believe, kids to be raised by someone else. All the cult leaders ditched their kids. What's up with that? And they moved to Colorado, he and her. And they band Love Has Won a Cult. That was in 05. I think sprinkle in some mental illness and you've got a good cult leader. There's always an element of madness, isn't there? So the Mirror UK truncated this story with, quote, The mummified remains of the mother of all creation were discovered in a sleeping bag wrapped in Christmas lights her eyes missing. Amy Carlson, 45 was the leader of the love is one cult. And she died April of 2021. She claimed to have been reincarnated 534 times and lived the lives of Jesus Christ, Marilyn Monroe and Joan of Arc. And Trump was her father in another life. When her body was discovered in Saguash County, Colorado. It appeared followers were worshiping it as a shrine. Seven of the cult members were arrested after police discovered the body and charges included tampering with deceased human remains and abuse of a court. Amy was 45 when she died. She told everyone she had stage five cancer when in fact she was killing herself by drinking their own potions that they were selling online for the covid cure which contained silver she was poisoning herself it goes on corporal stephen hansen told nbc i've never seen a group of people be so nonchalant about a dead person in their back room but the autopsy revealed she died of alcohol abuse anorexia chronic colloidal silver ingestion footage revealed the state her body was left in turning blue due to decomposition in a room decorated like a children's bedroom. After she died, they started saying that she went to the fifth dimension and that now they're going to channel her from the fifth dimension to bring her teachings, to continue her teachings. And their YouTube is still up. Love has one on YouTube. It's got like 2,700 videos. It's astounding. Astounding, the madness. They've claimed to have performed brain surgeries and organ repair. And we're selling ineffective COVID care through a company called Gaia's Whole Healing Essentials, LLC. But the liquid contains small particles of silver. And that's part of what led to Amy's death. An actual mom by her early 20s, her own mother said she wasn't very maternal. A spokeswoman told Vice documentary, False Gods, she didn't have the ego programming like we do. Mom was just in full consciousness for her whole life. And here's where my beef with new age religion settles. It is so vague you can take a little section of it and make it anything you want. It makes it's a talk soup mixed with psychology, healing, dimensions, Star Trek, whatever you want. It's a lot of mental manipulation. An ex member said, "A lot of brainwash." Carlson only lets us sleep for four hours. We have to wake up every day at 5 a.m., and we start the live stream at 6 a.m., which I think they're still doing. Amy's lovers were known as Father or Father God. How come everyone's a God and everyone's the reincarnation of Christ? Hmm, cult math. One of those fathers who she dated was Andrew Profanchi who joined the group in 14 after surviving a deadly crash. He then spent 10 months as Carlson's partner before leaving the group. He claimed Amy would binge on vast amounts of booze each day despite imposing a ban of drugs and alcohol on her followers. She'd fill a highball of glass almost the way up with vodka to the top and spritz water on top. She drank about eight of those a night, he said. She'd turn into somebody else, angry, talk smack, And be very bitter, yelling and cussing. When you hear about these leaders, they're so vile, aren't they? You just wonder, like, where's the charisma part? The charisma part lasts until you're in the group. And then the verbal abuse kicks in. A different side of the group appeared on a video recently posted to Reddit. What it shows is a series of clips From the group making highly anti-Semitic and anti-Black statements. The CVS for reporting would not broadcast those. The group living in Colorado in small numbers. But has thousands of followers online. How strict? Do any of you guys freak out knowing that. These types of ideas can take hold. In someone just listening. To programs on YouTube or in a basement. It could be like a 14 year old you never know seven cult members were arrested after the body was found and of course they were released this is one of the strange things about cults i believe there's a collusion to just let it keep going because there's such an embarrassment with the freedom of religion we don't have law enforcement fbi able to persecute what happens and that's another real problem from TrueCrimeSocietyBlog Society Blog.com. and this is important to me because a lot of people say, "Well, well, we need to focus on the really large cults. We need to stop the large cults." Oh, full contraire! I went to a cult. I was raised in one that never had more than three thousand followers, but the damage is generational: the family separation, child abuse, etc. So during the mid. 2000s she would have been in her 30s the group was relatively small in terms of followers between 12 and 20 full time they lived in a home but they had about 200 online followers she started with a a, setting a website lightworkers.org and the message the welcome message on Lightworkers.org says, "Welcome, multidimensional star seeds, rainbow warriors, indigo revolutionaries, and all you other divine beings." So, while she was participating in this forum, she met Amaris White Eagle. You're listening to the Frankie Files, FrankieFilesPodcast.com. She convinced him she was divine, he convinced her, and she also claimed to experience paranormal activity at this time. Here's another asterisk: New Age has so much roots in the in the goofy. It, it's just almost like how does it ever how did it ever take hold? It's a lot of gooey. Amy claimed in the past that she has a relationship with the spirit of Robin Williams. She said that Robin is now Archangel You In 07, Amy left her husband and three kids, along with her manager's job in Texas, to move to Colorado, where she shacked up with White Eagle from this forum, which is lightworkers.org. In 07, when she moved to Crestone, Colorado, there's a note here from this True Crime blog that Crestone has a reputation for housing many people like Amy. They formed a group called Galactic Federation of Light. Her followers believed Amy's reincarnations included Joan of Arc and Cleopatra, as well as I said earlier, Jesus and Marilyn Monroe. Miguel Lamboy was one of her partners, said he suffered from end-stage lung cancer and had already had a lung removed. Followers believed Amy, Mother God, healed him and cemented their faith in her and the group. Love is One became a 501c3 nonprofit charitable org in 19, thanks to Miguel's effort. They changed their structure. This is so much like Heaven's Gate. It's spooky. A group of followers known as First Contact Ground Crew Team would video daily updates for hours each day, quest to help Amy assist the world to ascend. And if you do look at new age, their goal is to bring in a new age. They believe that the new age within each person and we're going to usher in a new age. It doesn't say, you know, what the new age will be. It's vague. And that's based on, I think, really, it's just scammy, leaving it so vague so people can do the self-improvement, self-help gurus, Miguel Lamboy described Amy's situation as very dire and said that her body was failing. Amy was said to be bedridden and eventually paralyzed from the waist down. My God, when do these people call the police or the hospital or, you know, ambulance? In 2019, the tone of the updates from the group became more paranoid. They said that Amy was under constant attack from dark forces. One update said Amy was struck with etheric darts and another in which her spleen and pancreas were infiltrated by the cabal. Other videos included homophobic, racist, and anti-Semitic rants. So there's a group on Reddit called Rising Above Love Has Won, who state, for a nonprofit org that claims to be representing love, their actions prove otherwise. This is a direct example of Jane's coercive control group. If I could use the language, amen. Examination of her liver tissue confirmed the presence of silver that she had ingested from their COVID cure, supposedly that they sell online, silver content. The report said that Amy, who was five foot four inches tall, weighed 75 pounds. No evidence of cancer was found on the autopsy. Amy had regularly told people she had stage five cancer, which is not even a thing. Phew. She's just making stuff up. She also had hydromorphone and hydrocodone in her system, as well as ethanol and THC. Followers allegedly told authorities that Amy moved but on April 17th, 2021. Two followers gave another update and alluded to Amy being gone. Quote, we just don't get to just stop now. We have to keep going for mom. So grateful that she's not in pain now so grateful she's at peace. April 28, 2021, police finally entered Creston, the home, and found her body, which they had transported thousands of miles from California during a visit back home. You would think that would be an arrest right there. Love has one continued to sell etheric surgeries, which they advertise as still being performed by Amy, who now lives in the fifth dimension. Jason started an offshoot group titled Joy Reigns. His new name is Mother Father God. And that he's the new God, having unified with Amy's energy. He's made videos about the false team. The people who stayed with love has won following Amy's death. Little side note, the new age religion I was raised in, it was founded called Morningland Church. It was founded by a couple. In mysterious circumstance at a lodge retreat, the two of them were there, the couple, and the man died. He was in his 50s. His name was Donato. When he died, she immediately began saying she's channeling him. This is like a standard cult move. They got to change their name. They got to start channeling the dead leader. Rolling Stone said their messaging is unlike any other religious group brash, energetic, and foul-mouthed, able to insult members of their audience in one breath and tell them they love them in the next. They're unafraid of offending. In fact, they seem to revel in it. Before she was mother god, Amy Carlson was a manager at McDonald's in Houston, Texas. She's in constant conflict with the Cabal, a shadowy global organization. The Cabal is described as a group of minions of reptilians and the Ananukai, ancient extraterrestrials and or Sumerian deities, depending on who you ask. They are global elite tied to the Illuminati. When you think about the internet being used by these cults to keep propagating strange ideas, it isn't helping. Recently, Uh, We started a new group called Cult Podcasts, so you guys can check that out. It's just focused on podcasts, our cult podcasts. There is a really good podcast, and it's about the reptilian thing. You know, it's really sad, but it's taken hold, the reptilian cabal. This particular episode that I want you to check out regarding the reptilian cabal, episode 118, the virtual reptilian cult. Sherry Shriner. This is not, not related to Love Has One, but but I am astounded on how much of this is out there. It's posted, and it's called Cults. Their their um, podcast is called Cults. It's on Parcast. It's a pretty good rundown of the incredibly strange life of Sherry Shriner, and it, it ends with you know several people dead, and that's one of the things about Cults. Even the one I was in, people die. So it's not benign, these beliefs. They're, you know, we are led down these strange path. I say we because I was a cult survivor. Yes, I went as a kid, so I wasn't walking into it as an adult, but people do. Yeah, so I recommend the podcast Cults, their episode 118, which gets more into the reptilian cabal. That's what Love Has Won leader Amy Carlson states. She was fighting all the time. Meanwhile, she was poisoning herself. She went out with a whimper. She says the Kabbalah is described as a group of minions, of reptilians, ancient extraterrestrials, and our Sumerian deities. Their YouTube, still happening, is titled 5D Full Disclosure. That's five dimensions. But it's YouTube.com forward slash C forward. Love has won. Absolutely incredible. And her death over a period of time was watched by her follower. They watched her dying. They enabled all of that. It's hard to imagine at times how we get onto this planet of weirdness. But that's what coercion's about, right? You hear something you like. You start, before you know it, You're in a rabbit hole. So, Love has one story got my attention recently because they're still doing it. People have lost their damn minds by the time they're in these some of these organizations. They're dangerous. They're not logical. So, by the time someone goes to a member say goes to report trafficking or illegal substance or forced labor, the FBI or other agencies say, "Well, this is a dangerous sect, and we're not able to discuss ongoing investigations. Then the circle continues. No one hears about anything, and people continue to join. And my guess is they also pay off local law enforcement to keep things going. The one I was in, in Long Beach, California, is still there. They started in 1972. And not one person has successfully sued them, nor has the government successfully sued them. Uh, Morningland Church was involved in bribery of Congress people. There's no conclusion. Mm-hmm. They got off. So religious cults in America are a great place for criminals to hide. You're tuned in to... The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com In April of 1978, Charles Rickers and Inez Binham went to the city council in Escondido. Their complaints on Morningland included the organization was breaking up marriages, seeking control of minors, and making false claims of medical cures. A woman named Kathy May was living through breast cancer and receiving healing from Sri Donato and the Gopis at the same time. They claimed to heal her, but she died of the breast cancer. Her husband sued for $22 million and received $50,000 in an out-of-court settlement. Morningland used a very high-profile lawyer named Ed Masri, of Aaron Brockovich fame, to handle this issue. This would be the beginning of a long relationship with Masri for the church and Sri Patricia. To backtrack, in summer of 77, my family returned from sabbatical. All members of Morningland in Long Beach were put out to await a call back right after Donato died. Some never got called back. How I wish now that we had not. We were called back and my mom remembers there being much discussion amongst members of the church about who was left, how Donato died and the fact that all the gopis in Shri Patricia moved back to Long Beach and now ran it. There was no more Escondido. Shri Patricia changed her name to Shri Donato. 1978 was a big year for Morningland, and we knew very little of what was happening. Remember, there's no internet, and a very intense closed-mouth campaign was definitely in progress to control the information. The Long Beach members got about what was going on in Escondido. We knew nothing. The church was busy in Escondido countering the city council's initiated police investigation into the wrongdoings in the community. Ed Masry held that Morningland was being denied their constitutional rights of a church with the city council and the Escondido investigation as no information was being provided about its findings to Ed Masry. In October of 1978, The investigation was dropped for Masri and Morningland Corporation. The city dropped the federal lawsuit. Each part paid its legal fees and went its separate way. By April of 1978, the Times Advocate reports half the Escondido members were purged and some of the Long Beach members too. Total membership of the church dropped from 1,000 to between 250 and 400 at that time. Morningland during this time went from doing Sunday service and other events in rented halls operating the storefront gift shop and boutique where readings were given to close up shop and move to Long Beach. Though the charges by San Diego police could not prove the claims to heal a woman of cancer wrongly, the breaking up of marriages or seeking control of minors by luring them away from their parents using permission slips, etc., during 78, Morningland, Sri Patricia and the Gopis were virtually run out of town in Escondido. Only three of the nine Gopis remained once the purge was complete. Those three joined Sri Donato at the New Morningland in Long Beach, California. In May of 1978, the drama continued in Los Angeles County. Some of the Morningland members of the rock band Shiva attended a fundraiser as guests of Morningland Church's lawyer, Ed Masri. The fundraiser was held by... Daimely, who was running for public election. A $10,000 check was in play, which was not labeled as a campaign contribution. It became very important. Mervyn Daimely was a lieutenant governor in California, 75 to 79, and later a U.S. congressman. According to Russell Chandler of Los Angeles Times, religion writer, April of 1979, the attorney general, Duke Majin, had an affidavit and searched the Morningland Long Beach office and Ed Masri's office in Sherman Oaks. The search, aimed to uncover the nature of the $10,000 check Masri accepted from Morningland, then gave to Daimoli. The attorney general was trying to prove Sri Donato, Patricia Sperato, Patricia Diable, attempted to bribe Daimoli to set up a legislation committee to influence laws favoring freedom of religion in California. I remember Dimily looking wide-eyed at me while sitting intimately with Shri Donato at her command post in the kitchen off of the dome room. I highly suspect collusion now, just based on the look he gave me. But I was just running to and fro at that time, helping serve food at an event with 300 plus people. What an odd memory, and I never knew all this was going on or who he was at the time just that he was a VIP guest. I had to internet search his name and then wham! I recognized his face as the man sitting with Sri Donato, chatting in a very intimate manner. In April of 1980, Ed Masri and Shri Patricia were indicted by the San Diego Grand Jury. Ed Masri for theft by taking $10,000 under false pretense and Shri Patricia for misapplication of funds. Masri was also indicted for using monies to retrieve two children who resided with their parent in Hong Kong after a divorce. The children belonged to one of the gopis in Morningland who did not approve of the custody her husband was awarded. Remaining unscathed, Shri Patricia was acquitted due to misconduct by her lawyer, who testified against her during the trial. That's a different lawyer than Ed Masri, Sri Patricia had used him, and he acted against her based on his knowledge of his client, and that was not allowed. Masri was acquitted of bribery but convicted of grand theft by false pretense. A new trial was ordered for him due to jury misconduct. He eventually got off on that charge, claiming he was not availed of a speedy trial. Masri was very crafty. I remember clearly Masri standing on stage of the main altar in Long Beach at a Sunday service. He stood with Sri Donato on the huge ornate altar. He was being initiated as an honorary disciple. Shri Patricia called him a freedom fighter and told the congregation hundreds were present that he cleared her of all the false accusations that had happened of late. Little did we know how close she came to conviction following her husband's death and how twisted her intent to influence a local state public official was. She wanted to ensure her activities wouldn't be opposed further and crossed a line to ensure that. But she came through the fire unburnt except publicly. There was a lot of press about these incidents. Due to the fact it was all shielded from members, disciples mostly did not even understand all that had taken place or what she was even cleared of. These changes came on the tale of Donato's death and where a whirlwind. She took full advantage of everyone's disorientation, a lot like the play Hamlet when the new king takes over his reign and marries his brother's wife. It feels so dirty just thinking of it now. In 1984, these charges resurfaced as two counts of embezzlement for the 10000 given to Masri in an effort to stop the investigation into Morningland by Escondido Police Department. It did not stick, but members of Long Beach or those in Escondido who moved to Long Beach due to closure of Escondido never were informed about the details of any of this. There was, again, no internet, and the news was simply easy to bury. She got off scot-free. We were told that the Attorney General tried to make a victim of Morningland and their freedom of religion. We were told in many speeches that Sri Donato was fighting for freedom of religion of all churches in California and the United States. She was, (laughs) but I had no idea what that meant to her. I was soon to find all of that out. There were dramatic handheld camera films taken by one of the members of the Gopis who were screaming about confidentiality and freedom of religion throughout the film. The black and white film, actual film in those days, was of the California Attorney General serving a warrant and searching the premises for evidence of bribery of Daimolink. These videos were shown to us and videos were shown at large, well-attended Morningland events, too. It was extremely dramatized, of course, because it was Sri Patricia and Morningland. She claimed complete innocence. Another disaster averted by a master manipulator and her lawyer, Ed Masri. Money talks. Just another weapon in the arsenal of Sri Donato used as her propaganda and turned into a gaslighting situation where her wrongdoing was never disclosed. Another genius move by the lawyer who showed Patricia how to scoot through anything using freedom of religion. Another time I think back to the fact that if she were convicted, my life would have been so good and so different. I left the place in 86 and never looked back. Morningland is now run by Gopi Saravati, Gopi Shokru, the Lama aka zx 5 and has a very small number of disciples. They've renamed it the Monastery an intentional community, in an obvious effort to obscure their past. But Skin remembers. There's several online sites which show the valuation of this corporation as worth $5 million. A website which is still up despite the webmaster's death speaks of several members who are angry, having put a lien on the property. That means if they try to sell it, these people will probably be paid damages owed. I am not one of those. The site is up posthumously x-morninglanders.com for your information healings readings family separations broken marriages incest rape slavery drug use child endangerment deception of people who sought healings are things this cult morningland has left in its wake though never exceeding a few thousand members i personally know so many who survived the psychological damage caused by its leaders but it's not over the people that crazy Janato trained are running the monastery using all the tactics taught to them by Sri Donato at the same location, now the monastery. Let it be known. Word must get out to stop these people from tricking and harming others. Enough said. Tune in next week for more on cults. Here, my mom and I in episode 9 discuss our family separation by this church. Share the podcast where you can and help us by becoming a subscriber on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher, and more. It's totally free. Download the previous episodes new each Tuesday. Stay tuned for announcements on my upcoming interviews about my survivor story from Morningland Cult, and I look forward to bringing you more each week. Until next time. Frankie Files Podcast.com. You're listening to The Frankie Files, FrankieFilesPodcast.com. If you're feeling down and no one's there to actually talk to, there is someone to talk to. Call the suicide prevention hotline anytime. This will pass. Please know that many of us have survived these thoughts. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, day or night. There's a friendly person there that can remind you to value the life you have and that this too shall pass. Again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. 800-273-8255 or search online National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You're listening to The Frankie Files, FrankieFilesPodcast.com.